There's two parts to the reading this morning. The first can be found in Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 35. And the second is John chapter 12. Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray Jesus, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used it to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray as we come to look at these two challenging uh, passages of Scripture. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you as a church family that we can gather under the authority of your word. And as we look at this, um, uh, these two scriptures today, the encouragement to go into the harvest field to make a difference in the world, the reality of the situation that the poor will always be with us, help us to understand that challenge, help us to understand the world, what it means to be a Christian in it. For Jesus' sake, amen. This uh, last Monday was our monthly church prayer meeting. Uh, uh, which we have every first Monday of the month. And I invited, first of all, um, Jess Casey, our youth worker on the Cutslow Estate, to tell us about uh, what was happening there. We'll hear a little bit from Jess later on, and you've got the newsletter update with you this morning. Uh, And Jess told us that we were um, about what was going on, and we were very encouraged to pray for the new worshipping community, Cutslow Connected, the boys and girls groups that go on, and of course the uh, little Christian youth meeting that happens on Thursday called JAM. We heard about the growing number of families involved. We heard a bit about the coach program, the one-to-one mentoring, the ongoing pastoral care of folk on the estate. We're also thankful for the close partnership that we now enjoy with our neighboring parishes and with the United Reformed Church in Summertown. 
So there's much to thank God for and much to pray about. It's a long-term work in Cutslow that we're supporting today with a gift day, and it needs uh, that generous support. So please do give generously if you need to take the envelope away with you. Please do that. So Jess told us about the Cutslow work, and I then asked Pete Scammon, our curate, uh, to tell us about the youth work here at St. Andrews so we could pray about that. And he pointed us to this passage in Matthew chapter 9, the passage that Pip has just read for us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He asked us to pray for more volunteer leaders for the 11 to 18 age group in particular here in church. And next day, Tuesday, he sent me a draft of a report that he has been asked to write for the PCC Standing Committee, the Standing Committee makes recommendations about staffing to the PCC. And I want just to quote from Pete's draft report, just a little bit of it. He had this heading in his draft. Have we lost some of the urgency and excitement about what we do best? Point one, it is noteworthy that very few people from the core church family walked around to the youth stalls last week to chat and get prayer requests during the welcome month. There was a lot of interest in other areas, but not much in the youth work. Second point, we currently have around 250 under-18s associated with St. Andrews, 250 young people. Do we need to recapture the staggering privilege and responsibility this mission field of 250 young lives provides us with as a church? Is there a more exciting or significant way to expend ourselves than to expend ourselves winning young lives for Christ and seeing them grow in their love for Him? I was very challenged by what Pete wrote. How can we combine our passionate concern for a long-term work on Cutslow with effective ministry to our own young people here? And I've thought about it a lot during this week. And it, uh, it has puzzled me for a bit, and it led me to these two scriptures that I've had read for us this morning. In Matthew 9, Jesus urges the disciples towards active gospel ministry. They are to get out there in the world and do something about its problems. Healing, caring, preaching. That is to go into the harvest field. In John chapter 12... He commends Mary of Bethany for her lavish and extravagant worship of him. And he utters these memorable words, words that have kind of rung down the centuries. You will always have the poor among you. You will always have the poor among you. The disciple in John 12 is urged to have an intimate relationship with Jesus, perhaps even if that means neglect of the ever-present poor. There's a priority, it seems, in John 12, to have a devotion to Jesus. In Matthew 9, the disciple is urged to do something about the poor. So how do we deal with that? Is there a contradiction, or are the two things connected in some way? Well, I want, to, I want to suggest that there is a connection, and in the context of thankfulness, which is the theme of a harvest service, I want to suggest that we should thank God for four things. First of all, we should thank God for our devotion to Jesus. Thank God for your devotion to Jesus. The reason 
that we have come to St. Andrew's this morning is Jesus. We could easily, all of us, be worshipping somewhere else. We could be at the mosque, we could be at the supermarket, we could be at the tennis club, we could be sitting in front of our commuter, we could be driving to a National Trust house, although the weather would probably have deteriorated, have put us off that. But there are numerous other ways in which the vast majority of people are to some extent expressing a preference to church for something else rather than church, worshipping something else. But we are here, and we are here because of Jesus. We're here because of Jesus. So there's a sense in which we are all Mary of Bethany. We are all using our time to anoint his beloved head with oil. That's what we're here for. We're worshiping here. We're here because we love Jesus. We know that he loves us. We want to worship him and adore him just as Mary did. Church is the place where the people who love Jesus gather, and we welcome others, of course, who are wondering if they love him too. Effective Christian discipleship, whether it's exercised in Cutslow or here in our youth groups or anywhere else like Asylum Welcome or Gatehouse or Emmaus or the Food Bank, which we're supporting today, or whatever, begins and is distinct because we love Jesus. We are not social workers. We are disciples of Jesus. What we have to offer stems from our devotion to him. That is the Christian's unique contribution. So Jesus received Mary's staggering act of adoration. Perfume, we're told, worth a year's wages, an astonishingly extravagant gift. He accepts it because he knows that if she does not worship him, she would never be changed by God. Unless there is that initial relationship with Jesus, the Spirit will not work in her life nor in our lives to change us. What's true for her is true for us. We are changed by the Spirit of Jesus as our relationship with him deepens. We are the harvest field that he is gathering in. So working with our young people is all about helping them to know and love Jesus better so that they will be changed by his spirit and then go out and be world changers in all sorts of different ways themselves. Thank Jesus this morning that he loves you and that you love him and that he's changing you. So thank God for your devotion to Jesus. Thank you. Secondly, thank God for our diversity as, of, as people. Thank God that we're different. There are lots of uh, different people in these two stories this morning. Very obviously, there's Martha and Mary, for instance, one the busy homemaker and the other the saintly devotee. Then there is the rogue, Judas, who has been made treasure but was fiddling the books in the name of charity. Probably the Sunday newspaper will have examples of that in them today. In Matthew 9, in the story of Matthew 9, we find yet more diverse people. There are many sick people, for instance, and we have many sick people here for whom we care. There are crowds who are harassed and helpless, words that hide all manner of diverse problems, harassed and helpless, sheep without a shepherd. They may look alike in the crowd, 
but uh, my goodness, they all carry different burdens. Behind the doors of Cutslow, or even behind the doors of prosperous North Oxford, are hidden all kinds of pains and worries. People are different, and their problems are different. Then, of course, there are the disciples in the story, and we all know what a mixed bag they were. A great diversity of need and a great diversity of people to meet those needs. And what's true then is true now. I love the fact that one person in St. Andrews is passionate, say, for the work that we support in Sierra Leone. Another thinks the Cutslow ministry is absolutely central to what we do. Another says we must improve our buildings as an absolute priority so that we can do youth work better. I love that diversity. I think it's a major characteristic of our church. It enriches us as a community. And of course, it produces tension because there's only so much of the cake to slice up. But I thank God for our our diversity as people. It's a joyous thing about our church. I do not have to be like you and share your passions. And thank God, you do not have to be like me. But we do all want to be more like Jesus. So thank God this morning that in his harvest field, God has all sorts of people, all sorts of people. Thirdly, thank God for the reality of the world that we live in. Thank God for the reality of the world that we live in. As I thought back over the week about these contrasting passages of Scripture, two phrases kept coming back to me all the time. Jesus says in Matthew 9, the harvest is plentiful, send out workers into his harvest field. The challenge of Matthew 9. And then the seemingly awful pessimism of John 12. You will always have poor with you. You will always have the poor among you. Is it futile to try and make a difference? Are the problems so overwhelming that we might as well give up? Well, absolutely not, of course. I expect many of you um, have heard the story of the little boy uh, walking along the beach uh, with his dad, and onto the beach have been uh, washed thousands and thousands of starfish, which are gradually dying in the baking heat of a summer's day. And from time to time, the little boy kneels down and carefully uh, takes a still-moving starfish and throws it back into the sea. His father becomes irritated at the delay and urges him to walk on more quickly. There are thousands of them, he says, thousands of them. What difference can you possibly make? Let's get home quickly. Well, said the little boy, as he carefully placed another fish in the sea, it certainly made a difference to that one. We're all very different with different passions and concerns, different gifts and skills which we need to respect and honor. But we can all make a difference in the world in which we live. Jesus makes it clear to his disciples that there will be no utopia. There is no great socialist dialectic that is going to create a heaven on earth by man's skills. There will always be poor of all sorts with us. There will always be wars and terrorist outrages and famines and cancer and stillbirths, and depression, and Christians will fail horribly, then one day Jesus will return and there will be a new heaven 
and a new earth at God's initiative. Until then, there will be poor among us, and we will be poor until that great day when he returns. But the other side of the picture is that Christians have always and must always and will always make a difference as they go into the harvest field in Jesus' name. That is what's happening in Cutslow. That is what is happening in the lives of our young people. So thank God today for the reality of the world that we live in. There is always work for the Christian to do. We never wake up in the morning and think there's nothing for us to do. There is always work to do. Fourthly, thank God for uh, your diligence in service, for our diligence in service. One of the most faithful members of our church family and a friend, he will know uh, who I mean, normally comes to the 1115 service, almost always prays in the vestry before service a prayer something like this. I thank you, Lord, for this big and lively church where so much is going on. I love his prayer because it doesn't always feel like that to me, as you can imagine. I love his prayer. It's so often where I sit, it seems that we are short of volunteers. We're kind of badgering people to get involved and do things, kind of constantly asking. It feels like sometimes asking for volunteers for this or that. And I forget to thank God for the diligent service of so many people at St. Andrews, not least the army of volunteers helping our two staff in Cutslow. So many people who love Jesus, who, like Mary of Bethany, want to worship him and adore him, to anoint him, to make him central to their lives, the one figure they adore before all others. So many people who give up hours and hours of time in many, many different ways as they work in the harvest field in obedience to Jesus' commission. So on this Harvest Sunday, I wanted to remind myself at the end of my preparation of this service, I wanted to remind myself that I want to thank God for our church and help you to thank God for our church, to thank God for everyone who works so diligently so that we will see God's kingdom come in the lives of the people in our church family here, in the lives of those to whom we reach out, be it in Cutslow or Alpha or the people to whom this food will go, those who are visited asylum welcome, those who help with the homeless, numerous, numerous other things. I thank God for you all. So thank you, Lord, for Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Lord, for each other, warts and all. Thank you, Lord, for the challenging world in which you have put us. And thank you, Lord, that by your grace we can make a difference. Amen.